Would you open with me to Hebrews chapter 11? It's on page 1007 in my Bible, and that doesn't make a lick of difference about where it's found in your Bible, as long as you find in the New Testament, towards the end, you're going to find this book called Hebrews. Sometimes it's a little tricky to to find, and so feel free to use the table of contents. Uh, we, We love to go through books of the Bible. What we're going to be doing as we kick off 2022 is we're going to be diving into one chapter, and we're going to do a deep dive into this into this chapter is everybody okay with that everybody good with that all right well we're we're doing it ready or not all right so hebrews chapter 11 has been known as anybody know the the hall of faith not the hall of fame right but it's going to go through especially some old testament figures uh of of what we call the heroes of the faith right the greats of the faith and when you enter into the glories of heaven if you're a follower of jesus uh you are going to be able to talk face-to-face with some of these guys that we're going to be referring to. And if you were going to ask them one question about, how did you do it? I mean, how, how did you live this life that for, for all of history to read about, right? Your legacy is you lived a life of faith. Like, how are you so awesome? Do you know what every single one of them is going to say? It's all Jesus. It was all Jesus. We were all looking forward to the cross. We were all looking forward to the Messiah coming it wasn't never about us. It wasn't about our faith. It was about what our faith was placed in. And so I wonder this morning as we get started asking the question, what are we placing our faith in? What are we trusting in? And I'm not talking about the, the Jesus answer that we can give, the Sunday school answer. I'm talking about on Monday morning, I'm talking about Friday night. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Is it alive? Is it active and for some of us maybe today could be the day that you would say i don't i don't have i have faith in me and that's failing i have faith in uh future hopes and dreams and all of those are falling apart and probably never will be and today could be the day that you say i'm done hoping in things that fail i'm ready to place my faith in jesus jesus alone the god of the universe that never fails today could be that day as we hear this phrase i wonder what comes to mind Whatever you feed grows. Whatever you feed grows. And is it faith that is growing? As you assess 2021, I don't know if you would look back and go, my faith grew over the course of last year. For some of us, we could say, like, I never grew as much as I did in one year. For some of us, we can look back and say, in fact, I'm, I'm questioning God more. And I actually have less faith than I did before I entered 2021. And now it's a new year. And I don't know if my faith is going to grow this year at all. I'm disappointed with God. I'm filled with doubt. I'm filled with concern about all these things that I hear about the church and Christianity. And so today could be a day that you'd say, I want this year to be a year that I'm able to explore my faith. I'm able to grow in my understanding of what I'm placing my faith in as we take a look at some of these figures. So if you don't have a handout, would you raise your hand and we will get one to you. Raise your hand nice and high if you don't have an outline. Uh, If you don't have a pen, this is the only appropriate time that you can steal a pen from somebody in your row, okay? And you don't even have to say I'm sorry or please or thank you or anything because it's like you got stuff to write and you got to write it down now, all right? So get your hand up and we will begin with this. How do we live a life of faith? This thing called the faith life because it's, it's pretty powerful when we start digging into Hebrews 11. Are you there? Let's read verse 1. What is this faith? What is this faith? 
Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Do you know that uh, every once in a while we have in Scripture actually the definition of, of a concept or a word? And right here we have Hebrews 11 wanting to bring absolute clarity. Everybody say, make it clear. Make it clear. Make it clear. And the author of Hebrews is saying, I, I want to write in such a way that you understand that, that faith is so foundational we need to get a definition going from the very beginning. And so in verse 1 we see this, that present substance of a future hope. That's faith. There is present substance. It, it's a future hope, but there is substance to it. Where? Here, right now, in the present. It's all about the fulfillment in the future, but we don't have to live in such a way that we don't have anything to grab onto. This is substance. This is real. Faith is your confirmation before the delivery. I, I don't know what your Christmas season looked like, but my inbox ended up with a few emails that say, your order has been confirmed. Anybody think that's good news? Like, all right, yeah, it better be confirmed. I, I paid up, right? And so you better tell me you received my payment and something's like in the mail. It's coming, right? There's a confirmation of a future delivered, right? Faith. What do you do when you click order, when you click buy, when you click purchase? You're expecting pretty soon something's going to end up at my doorstep. Faith. You live by faith every day. Amazon forces you to live by faith once you press click, you're living by faith until it's at your door, right? So all of us live by faith, but what do we have faith in? That's, that's the question. Hope you know that the author of Hebrews is not trying to just give us a, a general definition of faith. This is talking about biblical faith, faith in the one true God. So what is it, what is it all about? Confirmation before the delivery. It's coming. What God promised, he will deliver. Uh, not I hope so. Not I hope so. Everybody say not that. It's not a, well, faith is kind of, I, I hope it turns out, and I just have faith that it'll all work out. It's, it's not that. It's not that. Here's, here's one of the worst things that I heard as a brand new believer. I don't know if you've heard this. Someone was having a conversation trying to describe faith to somebody else, and I'm being discipled, right? Because I'm just listening and like, okay, this is how you like communicate God's truth and how you encourage people. And the, and the individual said, well, here's the bottom line. I mean, like, Faith in Jesus, it really, it's, it's like a blind leap. I mean, like, you just got to take that first step, and you just got to jump in, and it's not that. That is horrible advice, and that is, that's not biblical counsel. When we say that we trust in God, it's not a blind leap. It's not a, I hope this works, I'm jumping off the cliff. There's substance. There's something to grab hold of to say, I'm confident because there are things I can see that verify and confirm the things I do not see. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, that God has given us answers? He's given us visible things that we can grab hold of. It's substance, right? There's substance to it of many more things that we cannot see until that day. But faith is never blind. Faith is never a leap in the dark. Faith is never I hope so. It's never that. It's never that. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's never that. It's never, ever that. Here it is. Faith gives you complete confidence in what God says and compels you to act no matter the circumstances, no matter what you're facing, no matter how hard, no matter how overwhelming, because whatever you feed grows. And if we're talking about faith here, we are feeding our soul and we are confident 
as our faith grows. Faith gives me present substance for a future hope. And I just jotted this down. And, everybody say and, and acts upon it. And acts upon the spiritual realities. It's not just knowing and thinking. It's not just believing in a vague way. Faith must lead to action. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? If it's real, if it's authentic, it acts. It moves, right? It lives. It's alive. Is your faith alive? And for some of us, we maybe grew up in a religious home or we grew up around church and we have something tucked way back in the attic, right, with cobwebs up there in our minds of some vague Bible stories and some vague truths about God. And if somebody said, do you believe in God? Well, yeah. And my faith is where? It's back there, up there, tucked in a cabinet, in a corner, in an attic that we don't access anymore. It's in storage. That's not faith. That's not faith. You may have a list of truths that you don't deny, but that's not faith because faith is always, it's always active. It's always alive. And I wrote this down just to help us. What is it that cultivates faith in us? Um, here's one of them that God has given us. Here's some substance. Here's some substance. Romans 1.20. Are you familiar with this? I just love the book of Romans. I love Romans chapter 1. And here we have Romans 1.20. For his invisible attributes. Everybody say, I can't see it. Can't, I, can't, I can't see it. God, I can't see all of your attributes. I can't see your characteristics. And it says what? Namely, his eternal power and divine nature. Can't see it. Just got to live by faith. What does it say next? Have been clearly perceived. Clearly seen. Everybody say substance. I see it. I see it. It's not blind faith. I look around. Where do I look? I, I love it. Romans is like, uh, hey, bub, you know what? Ever since the creation of the world and all the things that have been made, there is substance, there's substance, there's things to grab hold of, there's things to touch and taste and see that scream of invisible realities. It's not a blind leap in the dark. It's not a, I hope so. Every single day, we get to go throughout our day, and hopefully you look out a window once in a while, okay? Uh, sometimes we go on vacations, and we're able to see mountains and, and oceans, and wherever we have been, everywhere we look, what do we see? He's real. God's, God's real. My faith is not fake. My faith is not a, I hope so. My faith is not a blind leap. Look around everywhere. He lives. He creates. He is powerful. We can know all of these truths. Our faith comes alive more and more as we just look around at the substance that God has given us. And your faith has you looking to God. Not looking around just at itself, at the creation, but Looking at God to gain what? And we look to God for his approval, knowing that everything good in your life comes from him. It's not enough to say God is creator. It's enough when we get to the place of, because of Jesus, I know that I am approved. I know I'm accepted. I know I'm perfectly loved. And now I live so different by faith with a real substance, with a faith that's alive. That's active, not cheap talk, not just biblical thoughts, lifestyle. Everybody see lifestyle. We're talking lifestyle, all of my life marked by faith. Okay, so here we go. What does this faith look like? How do I know that I'm even living 
this faith. And so here we got three, three points for the remainder of this passage as we get to all the way through verse 7. We're going to be looking at three main, what does it look like? What does this lifestyle look like? And here we go. The faith life is so awesome. The life of faith, and it looks like this. Worship God. Worship God. That's what comes from me. A worship that rises up. A lifestyle of worship. A lifestyle of worship. Verse 4. Do you see here? By faith, Abel. Everybody say Abel. This is, this is our first hall of faith hero, Abel. Remember, remember Cain and Abel? We're talking back in Genesis 4. Okay, Cain and Abel, uh, the first siblings. I don't know what your sibling rivalry looked like if you, if you had one, um, but they got you beat, okay? One died, one lived, okay? I mean, like, I, unless you got a dead sibling, all right, because of you. I, I don't know, maybe. But think about the very first that there was a commitment. There was a commitment to this. There was a commitment to try to please God, an attempt by Cain and Abel. And here we have Abel locked in to the halls of faith, offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. More acceptable. Through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gift. And through his faith, everybody say faith. It's through his faith, through Abel's faith. That's what commended him. That's what counted him as right in the eyes of God. And I love this. Though he died, what does it say? He still speaks. Even though he died. How long ago did, did Abel pass away? I mean, it's, every sale is a long time. All right, all right, like shortly after creation, after the first man and woman, after Abel, all of a sudden we got, we got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and guess what? We're still talking about him. Why? Because of faith. Because of faith. That he was a worshiper of the one true God and that his offer, his offering was an offering of faith, of faith. Turning, I love this, turning testimonies of God's goodness into a legacy. Everybody say that's awesome. All of God's goodness, everything that he's done for us, and we just respond with, God, I believe you, I trust you. By faith, I, I follow you, you lead me, and, and his legacy lives on, right? Um, Cain's, his legacy lives on too, right? Uh, I don't believe, and I'm going to get what I want, and I'm willing to sin to get it, and to not just be filled with hatred, but to go to the, the extremes of murder, okay? On display, two brothers, one rises up living by, by faith. So if we're talking about worship, when we see Abel as a worshiper, what is faith-fueled worship? And our worship team is pretty fired up about worship. We get to lead the way and cultivate within our church just a, a passion for faith-filled worship. And I, I love that we are a church that doesn't just like kind of have worship. We are a church of worshipers, right? We are a worshiping church. And so what does it look like? Well, two things from Abel. Here's a couple takeaways. What is faith-fueled worship? What was Abel honored for? Here are two words for you. First and best. And here's two questions. Who gets my first? And who gets my best? It's a good question, right? As we start a new year, as we think about 2022, to step back and ask, I'm, I'm always worshiping, but what is it that I'm worshiping? I'm worshiping whatever I give my first to and whatever I give my best to. 
And is, is it good to give your best at work? Yes. Is it good to worship your role in the security and safety that your job brings? No. It's idolatry, right? Is it good to, to love and be committed to a spouse? Yes. To your kids, grandkids? Yes. But what if we give our first and our best only to individual? It's idolatry, right? We can make our marriage a marriage of idolatry. We can make our family life of parenting a life of idolatry. Whatever we give our first and our best to is the thing that we worship. If God is not first and from that place flows our commitments of first and best, we have a problem. And I wonder if 2022 would be a year that we'd be able to, what if we need to flip of when I have time, God, right? When I have uh, an extra moment, Bible. Uh, if I'm not doing anything else, I'll be part of something that's happening spiritually in discipleship. When it's after all of the first and best, when I give my leftovers to God, I, I don't know about you, but I was just thinking this week. For us to stand before God and give an account, and God's going to say, what place in your heart did you have for, for me? And we're going to give an account of, God, here's my legacy. It was my, my job, and my hobby, my, my kids, and my spouse, and then, well, God, I mean, you got, you got a chunk of it, God. I don't want to stand before God and say, God, I gave you my scraps. I gave you my leftover. I gave you, I got a sliver of energy left. I got a sliver of time. And even then, if nothing else comes up and I'm not feeling bad and I don't get distracted with something else, and what are we going to say to God? What are we going to say to God on that day? And I hope, I hope all of us want to say, God, I worshiped you with, with my whole life. I worshiped you throughout the day, throughout the week. God, I put you first and you received the best. You got all that I am. It's yours, and my priorities and everything else fall into place. My affections, my desires, everything flowed from worship of you. So it's quantity and quality, first and best. So does God get it? Does God get my first and best? Good question for 2022, because whatever you feed will grow. Am I feeding my faith? Because when I feed my faith, I starve my fears, my anxieties, my worries. So when I open the Bible, and here's a, uh, a challenge that we've been talking about for some time is getting ready for a new year. Do we have a devotional? Do we have a study Bible? Are we in the Word on a daily basis? I'm like, I'm feeding, I'm fueling, I'm feeding, I'm feeding, I'm feeding. My faith is growing, but it's only because every day there's a priority in my, in my life. So are you offering God acceptable worship, his, your best for His glory? Number two, if you're taking notes, the faith-filled life, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Everybody say it's a lifestyle. It's not just a once a week or once a day. It's not a checkbox thing. It's a lifestyle. We don't just worship God as a priority. Walk with God. Walk with God. Verses five and six. By faith, Enoch, everybody say Enoch, or Enoch, or Enoch, or Enoch. No, no, not there. Back up. Enoch, who is, who is Enoch? One of these guys that was unique. Enoch and Elijah, the two guys 
in all of Scripture that never experienced death. Everybody say lucky. Yeah, lucky, lucky guys, right? Both of them, right? Enoch, here we go, the faith that Enoch had. Let, let's look at it. By faith, Enoch was taken up, right? He was taken up to heaven so that he should not see death. And he was not found. Everybody's looking for him. What happened to him? Uh, he was taken up, man, taken up. Because God had taken him up, taken him home. Now, before he was taken, he was commended. Like, before the dude was, was uh, beamed up, right? Not by Scotty, but by Jesus. He was commended as having pleased God. His lifestyle was a, a lifestyle of pleasing God. I want to please God. I want to please God. I want to live this life. I want to make God happy. It's not about me. It's all about him. Verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe, what? That he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And as I was, I was reading through these verses, uh, I, I came across John Bunyan. Any, anybody familiar with? Not Paul Bunyan, not, not Blue Ox, all right? Uh, think, think differently. John Bunyan, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, uh, the, the most published uh, book in the entire world, in the entire history, right behind the Bible. Number one, Holy Bible. Number two, Pilgrim's Progress. Who wrote it? John Bunyan. Where was he? In jail for 16 years. Why? Preaching the gospel. And what did he do with 16 years of his life? Uh, he redeemed it. He worshiped and he walked with his God and he produced something that could not have been produced any other way, a lasting legacy. When everything was comfortable, everybody say no. No. Uh, under great suffering, uh, he thought he was going to die in jail. And this is what he wrote. One day, this is before he was imprisoned, he's thinking back. One day, I was, I was passing into the field. This sentence fell upon my soul. This is what was resonating in his heart and his mind. Your righteousness is in heaven. Your righteousness is in heaven. And with the eyes of my soul, I saw Jesus at the Father's right hand. And he looked up and he said, there is my righteousness. There it is. There is my right standing with my God. So that wherever I was or whatever I was doing, God could not say to me, hey, where is your righteousness? for it's always right there before him. I saw that it's not good for my heart that I would be made any better, that my righteousness would increase, nor yet my, my poor frame and my heart that, that would make my righteousness any worse. Why? For my righteousness is in Jesus. It's in Christ alone. Now my chains fell off. And he's talking figuratively, feeling the, the bondage of religion finally free. My temptations fled away, and I lived sweetly at peace with God. So that from that time, those dreadful scriptures of, of God that, that troubled me, they quit troubling me. And now I went home rejoicing for the grace and the love of God. Now Christ was all, my everything, my righteousness, my sanctification, my redemption, that it wasn't just a part, it was the whole. His life was changed in the moment when he realized, I can walk with God. That, that's not just something that so, certain people say. Like, I have a walk with God, or like, I, I'm, I'm a passionate believer, and that we would be able to say, well, that's good for you, that's just not my thing, or that's just how you're wired, or your personality, or your upbringing. 
that John Bunyan troubled by the words that he read in Scripture that I can't be good enough and I can't live up to it and, and no matter how much I sacrifice and, and no matter how much I try to put off temptation and try to run away and try to, try to be good enough, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And he was troubled till that final day that his walk with God started. And how awesome is it that there's testimony after testimony since then and even within our body, right, within our church to testify of there was a time when I was so troubled in my heart of, am I good enough? And I hope my good outweighs my bad. And, and I, I just hope in the end, God kind of just forgives me and kind of just brushes off what I've done and overlooks some of the bad. But that we have stories here in our church of the chains fell off. I was free. And I've been walking with God. I've been walking with God ever since. Our walk with God. Write this down. Real faith is active. What does that mean? It means real faith. Real faith walks with God and that my faith reveals my God is real. My faith alive is displaying to the world and confirming to my heart, uh, my God is real. My faith is not a blind faith. It's a real faith. It's alive. It's alive. It's not my opinion. It's not my thoughts. It's not just uh, a good tradition that I have that, that I kind of am in church. My faith reveals that my God is real and I'm walking with my God. I have a relationship with Him. Real faith, I love this, that we saw in verse 6. Real faith pleases God. You know that? I don't know how you would answer this. As we enter into 2022, how do you answer, God is pleased with me when, fill in the blank. I mean, how would you answer that? And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming some of us have different, different answers, right? My God, or maybe just God, that God. God is pleased with me. He's happy with me when fill in the blank. And I hope as we go through Hebrews that you'll answer this, not just because it's the right answer, right? But because you believe it. My God is pleased with me when I have faith in Him. When I believe Him, He's already pleased. Well, isn't there other stuff to do? Yes, but not to please God because he's already pleased with his son. The perfect work of Jesus on the cross, the resurrection of Jesus proves God the Father is pleased with his son. Anybody that comes to his son, the Father is now pleased with. Based on what? The works of Jesus, not mine. So here we go. On your worst day, and maybe your worst day this year was this morning, all right? You don't have a don't have a lot of days, right, in 2022, okay? So today might have been the worst. But think about the rest of the year, the rest of this year, on your worst day, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are in Christ, on your very worst day when you blew it, and I don't know what comes out of your mouth at your worst, I don't know what flies out of your hand at your worst, all right? I don't know what nasty stuff happens behind closed doors in private, but in that moment, when you turn in faith, say, God, I believe you. I believe that right now you are pleased with me, not because of my poor performance, because I blew it and messed up again, because I'm so nasty. And whenever you're in a place where you are angry and raging as a believer, to pause and go, God, I believe you. I believe you. I believe that I'm right with you already. I don't have to grovel in it. I don't have to spend tons of time hoping that maybe we'll get this relationship back in a moment. I turn from it and I turn 
to God in faith and to hear his voice. I, I'm pleased with you. My faith reveals that my God is rewarding. He loves faith. So are you pleasing God with an intimate walk, the faith life? It's what? It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle of walking with God. Here we go. Number three, everybody say land the plane. Come on. There we go. Let's land the plane. Faith life is a lifestyle. Work for God. Not just worship, not just walk, but work for him. Work for God. Verse seven, by faith Noah. Who? Who? Everybody say Noah. Here we go. We got Noah. He's also in the hall of faith. Noah, being warned by God concerning the events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world. He rejected the world, and he turned to God by faith, right? He became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And so I love that we get to look at Noah, and we get to ask, what does, what does real faith look like? What does it look like? Well, it looks like this. If you're, if you're taking notes, faith follows through on God's word. Faith follows through on God's word. What happened? Noah, minding his own business, God speaks to him, calls him out, commands him to obey, to do something, to build an ark. And he could have said, uh, I've never seen a body of water before. It's never rained. We're in a desert and there are no clouds. Um, God, you got the wrong address. I'm not the guy. And in fact, I don't know if I should be following a God that is this stupid, right? But instead he said, God, you obviously are the true God and you know something that I don't know. So by faith, what did he do? He took God's word and he followed through on it. He did what God told him to do. Faith draws distinctions from the world. I love that we get to see Noah didn't just obey. He had to reject something in order to turn and receive something. And it says that uh, literally, what does it say? That he condemned the world, right? Uh, literally, that he rejected what the world offered and he took the words of God instead of the words of people. I don't know if last year was a year where you were surrounded with a whole lot of opinions and a whole lot of voices all around you and hearing God's voice say, don't, you're, don't listen to that. That's not the way to go. That is not the way to think. That is not helpful advice. I'm going to reject the world's perspectives, opinions, thoughts, all of the tug, the pull, and I'm going to say, God, I'm following your voice and I'm going to do what you're calling me to do, even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it doesn't make sense. Have you been there? Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when I don't see it by faith, by faith. Faith receives righteousness from who? From Jesus. From Jesus. I love that we have this language. He became an heir of righteousness. That's language of a follower of Jesus receives a position because of Jesus. And it's only the righteousness of Jesus. He was right, not because of his works, but because of the works of the Messiah to come. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work. Everybody say work. There we go. Work wholeheartedly for the Lord, not people. Wholeheartedly for the Lord, not for people. So the life of faith. Here's the bottom line, all right? Here's the bottom line. Let's summarize this, all right? If you didn't get anything else, a faith-filled disciple of Christ. What does a faith-filled disciple of Jesus look like? And is this me? Is this, is this you? And it's 
one that, what, worships Christ and walks with Christ and works for Christ. If we could just define, what does it mean to be a Christian, right? We're living in a day where it's like, is it, am I supposed to wear a head covering? Am I supposed to wear like weird stuff? Am I supposed to not watch or listen to? Do I have to show up to certain things in order to qualify to be a Christian? Uh, what if I commit certain sins? Does that disqualify me? Do I have to like picket certain places in order to qualify as a good Christian? Do I have to get a bullhorn and get on the street corner, tell everybody going to hell? Is that, is that what it means to be a Christian? We could say this, a Christian is one that worships Christ, walks with Christ, and works for Christ. Bottom line, is that me in 2022, my pursuing to grow in my worship, my intimate walk with him, and that I work? I don't work for my salvation. Everybody say it's not that. I work out of gratitude because God gave everything, everything. How do I respond? Thank you. I'll do whatever you call me to do. I love you. I'm not doing it to try to have you be pleased with me because you already are pleased with me in Christ. Everybody say that's good news. That's the good news. So feed your faith, and when you feed your faith, you starve your fear.